to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 Are you able to turn on your video? Because I can't see you. So don't wait for me to ask you to turn on your video. Just do it. That Those are my rules. Now, we're going to look at... Uh, I think I'm going to look at growing up spiritually. I wanted to look at discipleship. But I thought, let's keep on dealing with the basics. Um, discipleship will come in... We'll, We'll get into talking about discipleship, but let's talk about growing up spiritually. So, spiritual growth is just as parallel. So, you can write down spiritual growth because I, I will examine you on spiritual growth. It's just as parallel. It's, it's, it's just like physical growth. So if it's just like physical growth, that means there is being born spiritually. You remember yesterday we talked about being born again. So in being born again, you are born of the spirit. That means at that point, God becomes your father. Remember that yesterday we discussed that not everyone who is a human being is necessarily a child of God. Remember that? We also discussed that a person only becomes a child of God at the point that they receive Jesus Christ into their heart. So it's not enough to be a person in order to be a child of God. A person has to receive the Son of God into their heart. The person has to receive the Son of God into their heart for them to become a child of God. So the only true child of God who ever existed before all of us was a person called Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ became the federal representative of sonship. Jesus Christ uh, um, became the meaning of what it means to be a child of God. This is why Jesus Christ is our role model. Jesus Christ is like the person we look up to when it comes to sonship. Uh, let me show you something from the Bible. Romans. 
chapter 8. Romans chapter number 8, verse 15. So the, the Bible says, and I'm reading from the NKJV, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Now that's very important. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So we received the spirit of adoption. So the spirit of adoption here is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who turns our hearts to become children of God. So it's like we become adopted children of God. Now, I'll, I'll quickly teach you on adoption. So, um, when we receive Jesus Christ, at that point, the spirit of adoption, who is the Holy Spirit, comes into our hearts and changes us to become children of God by adoption. Okay? So, God adopts us into the family of the believers. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So it's you cannot be a child of God without receiving Jesus. And at the point you are receiving Jesus, you are also receiving the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit who is the spirit we call the spirit of adoption. He is the one who adopts us into the family of God. So we all became sons and daughters of God by adoption through the Holy Spirit. And we are taught that we did not receive a spirit of bondage to fear again, but we received the spirit of adoption. By whom? Are you listening to that? By whom? It takes the spirit of God for us to cry out to God and call him father. That's what the Bible is basically teaching us here. Now, not everyone has received the Holy Spirit, and I'll show that to you. The God's Word translation says, You haven't received the spirit of slaves that leads you into fear. Instead, you have received the spirit of God's adopted children, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, it's not possible for a person to cry out to God. Uh, audience, are you able to kindly turn on your, your video? We have received the spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship. He's the one by whom we... So we're just going to welcome Deaconess Beauty. Um... Deaconess Beauty is she has not been here for a while because uh, she's not necessarily in Lusaka, she's working somewhere. But that is Deaconess Beauty, everyone. Deaconess Beauty is uh, the board director of evangelism and discipleship, she's in charge of evangelism and discipleship. So she, uh, she is generally the one who should be in charge of this group. Then we have Deacon Komaki, who is here, the one who took your names. Deacon Komaki is uh, the director of fellowships and cell groups. Cell, cell groups. So basically, I thought you should know those people. Deaconess Beauty, you can say hi to everyone. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Okay, wonderful. So... We, we, we were looking at being adopted into the family of God, okay? And it's the Holy Spirit who, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot call God our Father. And we cannot receive uh, the Holy Spirit without receiving Jesus. 
What the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 verse 5 is chapter number 12 verse 3 rather. Um, look at this. So 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 verse 3. Just in case there are some of you who don't think you have received the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit later. But every person receives the Holy Spirit in their heart the moment they receive Jesus. Paul talking to the Corinthians in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 verse 3 says, I want you to know that no one speaking by God's Spirit says Jesus is cursed. Then he says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing that? So you may not know it, but as at the time you were saying Jesus Christ is Lord, I received Jesus into my heart. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot agree that Jesus Christ is Lord without the influence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. See that? The Amplified um, puts it this way. I like the way it comes out. He says, Therefore I want you to know that no one speaking by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit of God can say, Jesus uh, be cursed. And then he goes on to say, And no one can say, Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is my Lord except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it is not possible for you to receive Jesus in your heart without the power, presence, and influence of the Holy Spirit. So as at the time that you are receiving Jesus Christ, when you are lifting your hands and someone is leading you to Christ, at that point, you are also receiving the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? So you may not know it, but that doesn't mean you do not you do not you do not have the Holy Spirit. You may have not learned about it, but that does not mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. You may have not been aware. It's like you suddenly realizing that God forbid, but there are families like that. Imagine you are born in a family, then suddenly there are those families where the day you are dying. The, the day that maybe your, your father dies, that's when you realize, ah, there's another girl this side who is your sister, and you look exactly like her. <laughs> uh, I, was recently, I was recently told by a friend of mine, uh, I, was, I, was, I was recently, there was a friend of mine recently who discovered a half-sister with a father who died some time back. With a very similar name. You see? So, the fact that you discover later on in life that you have another sister does not mean you never had. You just never discovered, right? So, in the same way, the fact that you didn't know that you received the Holy Spirit at the time that you are getting born again did not mean you did not receive him. But you just grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So all of you here, I just want you to know that you already have the Holy Spirit in your heart. So there's a difference between what we call the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Where people speak in tongues, they begin seeing visions, they begin prophesying. And we'll look at that, don't worry. But for now, I want you to know that you all have the Holy Spirit living in your heart. Hallelujah. So you can talk to the Holy Spirit. You can hear the Holy Spirit. I want you to say, I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Thank you. So the Bible is telling us that we have all received the spirit of adoption 
as sons. You have not received a spirit of slavery again leading to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Listen to this. The Amplified says, The spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. So there is the same Holy Spirit living in us is the one who adopts us. The Bible also says we've been baptized into the same body by one spirit. So um, we have been adopted into the family of God by the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is the one who produces the spirit of sonship in us. The same Holy Spirit is the one who produces sonship in us. You cannot grow into being really a child of God without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us is the one who produces sonship in us. He's the one who causes us to be obedient, to be disciples of Jesus Christ. He's the one who causes us to love the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who produces sonship. The Holy Spirit is the one who builds our spirits to become like Jesus Christ. It's not possible for you to be a disciple of anyone and to become like Jesus Christ, to love God and follow his word without the presence, power, and person of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is actually very important in our, in our faith walk. It's very important in our faith walk. There are people who think the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in them. The Holy Spirit is just for these very special people. But that's not true. You've learned with what I have shown you that you cannot receive Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So you all have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this, this, this thing of adoption, the Holy Spirit brings us into a place of adoption. Um, what is adoption? Let me tell you what legally adoption is. When you adopt when you adopt someone into sonship, when you adopt someone as a child, it basically means, here's what happens according to the law. When you adopt someone, it means the former parents have nothing to say. The former parents are gone. It's as if that child became your child by law of wedlock. You'll find the same language when you read the chapter, <laughs> section 14 of the Adoption Act. So what happens at the point of adoption? The moment you sign, an adoption order is made. Okay, so let's say, um, Emma, you decide, or let's say, uh, let's, let's do it this way. It's just an illustration, okay? So let's say, um, Sinead, you decide to adopt a child from Emma and you go to court you sign paper so that child is originally legally Emma's child right she's a biological mother but she's putting up the child for adoption so as at the time you are adopting the child and an adoption order is made do you know how it is in the eyes of the law in the eyes of the law it is as if the child was never born to Emma it's as if the child was born to Sinead in love wedlock. And the responsibility of the child in terms of support, in terms of educational, financial, emotional support, in terms of guidance, in terms of uh, maturing the child, all those rights move away from Emma and they vest in Sinead. 
and it would be illegal for Emma. Imagine that. It would even be illegal for Emma to try to just look at a child. It's illegal. That child is gone and doesn't belong to Emma anymore. So, in the same way, and this is powerful, this encourages our faith. As at the time we receive the Holy Spirit and we become children of God, the spirit of adoption moves us from just being children of the devil and children of our physical parents to really becoming to really becoming uh, God's responsibility, God's children by the spirit of adoption. That means it is God who becomes our parent. It is God who's got the responsibility to feed us, to take care of us. It's God who's got the responsibility to keep our health. It's God who's got the responsibility to give us direction. I mean, isn't that good news? Okay. Now, if your parents' savings amounted to 15,000 kwacha, before, it means you were limited to that 15,000 kwacha to make it in life. But now that you've got a new parent, the Bible says silver and gold belong to God. That means your provision in life is limited to his resources of silver and gold in the entire earth. So you no longer begin judging yourself by what your parents, your physical parents can and cannot offer. You begin now limiting yourself or uh, judging yourself by what God can offer. That's why... Uh, Paul writes into the Philippians told them, My God, who is their God, shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It's not even according to your job. It's not even according to your qualification. It's according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I think that's good. What do you think? So think of it, when God adopts you as a child by the spirit of adoption, who is the Holy Spirit living in you, he becomes, he takes full responsibility over you in all things that you need. So we do not judge ourselves by our education, what we have, what we don't have. You even stop that thing for in our family, we all have asthma. No, you all now have a different family by which you are born. So you start understanding what it means to be part of the family of God. In the family of God, do we accept sickness? Do we accept weakness? Do we accept... No. Your own family must once if you put a bomba. No, you don't belong to that family anymore. Now, <clears throat> I'm not saying chase everyone in that family and everyone is a stranger. No. You still have your physical family, but you, def you define your success. Not even by the most successful person in your family, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of, 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 of adoption. Hallelujah. So it's impossible to grow up spiritually without understanding the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the next thing we are going to look at. Like I was saying, uh, when it comes to spiritual growth, <clears throat> when it comes to spiritual growth, some, I want us to look at um, the book of First Peter. Chapter number two. Let me share with you my what? First Peter chapter number two. 
verse 2. Somebody read it for us. First Peter chapter number 2 verse 2. Anybody? First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Uh-huh. As newborn babies desire the divine milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Okay, right there. <clears throat> he says as newborn babies you should desire the spiritual milk of the word that you should grow thereby let me teach you something about the concept of milk milk is very important for a child because a nutritionist say in the beginning phase of the life of a child that milk has everything the child needs right the milk has iron the milk has carbohydrates the milk has protein uh um a carbohydrate is a larger sugar right so anyways that those carbohydrates have got everything that the child needs so it's from that background that he calls the milk the word of god the milk right because the word of god has got everything that you need the word of god does not lack so the word of god has got everything that you need it's got let me put it this way the word of god has got spiritual uh, nutrition attached to it the word of god is like milk the word of god has got spiritual carbohydrates it's got spiritual proteins it's got spiritual vitamins it's got spiritual roughage it's got spiritual everything spiritual supplements so the word of god does not lack Are you listening to me and this mindset is very important as you begin growing up spiritually. This understanding is too key. The word of God does not lack. There's no wisdom you ever find from a motivational speaker, from your grandfather, from your father. There's no wisdom that can beat the wisdom of the word of God because the word of God has got all the nutritional spiritual nutritional content that you need. You can write that down. The word of God has got all the spiritual nutrition, the spiritual content that you need spiritual nutritional content that you need for your life are you saying this <clears throat> he's saying as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby so there's no growing spiritually without the word of god and this is very important some people say lay hands on me so that i may grow up spiritually it's not possible to grow up spiritually by laying hands on you you cannot impart spiritual growth what we call impartation yo sentu pepelele no you cannot impart spiritual growth spiritual growth is not imparted especially people who've grown up in charismatic circles they like everything lay hands on me some things you learn them it's not everything that demands laying on of hands some things are principle best you can never grow up spiritually beyond your learning of the word of god write that down you cannot grow up spiritually beyond your learning of the word we can't grow beyond our our understanding of the word of god so spiritual growth write this down spiritual growth comes by growing in the word of god orians you are going to write a test after this so you have to take notes Spiritual growth spiritual growth comes as a result of growing in the word of God. 
So you can tell that you are growing up spiritually or you are not, depending on whether you are listening to the word of God or not. If a child is not drinking milk, are they going to grow up? Are they going to be healthy? They won't last. Many of them even die. I mean, every child dies if they are not going to be taking their milk or, grow, or being fed something. So that's very important for you to understand. Now, the next concept I'm going to introduce to you is this. He says, desire the pure milk of the word. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. The Amplified says, like newborn babies, you should crave, thirst, earnestly desire. One way in which you know that you are also growing up spiritually is when you are having cravings to listen to the word of God. Do you, did you guys know that you can have cravings for the word of God? Ladies, it's not just cravings for nice food. You can have cravings for the word of God. You just want to feed on the word of God. You just want to hear a teaching. You just want to hear the word of God. You can have cravings for an overnight. That's what happens in the faith. Not overnight. You can have cravings for prayer. He says to thirst for, earnestly desire the pure and adulterated spiritual milk of the word that by it you may be natured and grow into, into salvation. See that? So he talks about the pure milk of the word. He would have as well just said the milk of the word. But he says the pure milk of the word. That means not every word that you listen to out there is pure. You can write that down. Not every word you hear out there is pure. So, um, we are told that, listen, not everything that you listen to out there is pure. Not every milk that's out there is unadulterated, right? There's some milk, some milk is sour milk. Some milk is just bad milk. Some milk is just rotten. So not everyone that wants to teach you has the right things to say. There are some wrong teachings out there. There are some wrong teachings out there. This is why, personally, I decide the moment you get born again, I bring you under mentorship and discipleship, and I take you up. I teach you the word of God. I teach you the right word of God, and I help you grow spiritually. There are things that when you hear them taught, they distort your whole faith. So it's not every church you should go to. This is why it matters what church you are going to. It matters who you are listening to as your mentor. It matters who is teaching you the word of God. It matters. It does really matter. Because the Bible emphasizes that you listen to the sincere, the milk of the word, the unadulterated. unadulterated. It says like newborn babies, you should crave... Crave thirst for, desire the pure and adulterated spiritual milk, which is the milk of the word. The, KJV, the NKJV simply says, um, as newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word. Pure. He would have just said milk of the word. But he says it's purity matters. The NLT says, 
like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow into a full experience of salvation. And so one thing we learn here is you must listen to the right stuff. But I want to assure you that you are listening to the right stuff. Amen. I want to assure you that you are listening to the right stuff and you are feeding on the right milk. So don't just be out there in the road receiving every magazine you find. You will confuse yourself. For now, follow me. Are you listening to me? For now. I'm saying for now, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Also, every time that Jesus Christ would meet people, he would tell them to follow me. He didn't tell them to follow John the Baptist or every other man of God they meet out there. When a child is just born and they are growing up, we encourage them. They are supposed to stay in one house. Do you remember that when you are young and you start eating meals in the other house, they used to beat you? Yes. yes. Some of you know that term. You don't eat. You don't you don't you don't eat you don't eat money you don't eat nishima from even if they are good people they even encourage you let's eat you even know you can even feel your mother's look in you just in your eyes your mother is looking at you because you know at ah this side it's not going to be things it's not going to be things miriam has laughed i'm sure she's remembered a few times you know i was giving I was, I was, there was a certain child I was giving money. This is my, my wife's little brother. And he refused. He literally ran away. And I realized he listens because he's been told not to get money from strangers. And at the, at the time I was, I was a stranger. But anyways, praise God he refused because I, used, I needed that command. I, I just wanted to make a name. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like, oh, praise God, hallelujah. But that's a good child. That's a good child. That's a pretty good child. That's a pretty good child. In the same way, uh, you just don't go out there listening to what everyone else is preaching. I mean, obviously, there's a point where when you grow up, when you grow up, you can eat anywhere. You can receive money. You would have grown up. You can also judge where to eat and where not to eat. But in this phase where you are, I don't, for example, I don't encourage you to be going out there visiting every other church. First, focus on what I'm teaching you. Now, you obviously find things that are going to bless you. Even the Bible says you, you only have one spiritual father, but you can have many people who can teach you things. I'm not the only one who can teach you things. But Paul was writing to the Corinthians and he told, he told oh, let me show you this. Uh, let me show you this. Let me show you this. This is important for you to understand. First Corinthians. Are we safe? Let me just get the scripture. Let me just get the scripture. So. I'm basically trying to tell you not everyone out there should be feeding you on the word. This is why being born again, when you give your life to Christ, I, I, we encourage that you join a church and uh, um, 
you join a church and you begin following someone who's going to teach you the word of God. Not just going everywhere. Kwa chulepu lobwadi. Yuwayapa wadi yapo. Yuwayapa wadi yapo. Palasti. Wakulidida. So 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. So Paul begins to explain to them spiritual fatherhood. There's such a thing as spiritual fatherhood. So what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Verse 14 says, For even if you have 10,000 teachers to guide you in Christ, see, you have many people who are going to guide you, many people who are going to bless you, many sermons you are going to listen to that are going to bless you, okay? But then you are told in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers who led you to Christ and assumed responsibility over you. Have you noticed that what I'm doing is assuming responsibility over you? I'm assuming responsibility. I'm feeding you on the word. I'm discipling you. I'm helping you grow up in the faith. I'm feeding you on the word of God every Sunday. Okay? For I became your father in Christ through the good news. So there's such a thing as fatherhood. Spiritual fatherhood. I became your father in Christ. So this is basically what spiritual fatherhood means. For for through... For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. So Paul is basically saying, you have many people who teach you the word of God, but you cannot be calling everyone. And there are people like that in the faith who call everyone Papa. Everyone is Papa. Not everyone is your Papa. Okay? He says, I became your father through the gospel. So I'm telling you all this just to let you know that daily we're welcome. Thank you. This is when you're seeing me. No, I saw you, but I was on fire, so I couldn't stop. <laughs> okay. I saw you enter. I've actually taken off your... I think you had a head sock or something. Yes, it was making my head pain. It's quite tight. A little bit more, babe. Just a bit more water. So, through Christ, I became your father. So, you don't go out there <clears throat> eating in every house. Every house you eat. Every house you eat. It's wrong. You have to wait. You have to focus. So this is why I encourage you at the stage where you are in the in the faith. Continue following what I'm teaching you. Also, be consistent with the household of faith church. Because sometimes you are confused. You go to this man of God, they will teach you one thing. You go to another church, they will teach you one thing. You have to follow one revelation. Follow the word of God being taught by one person. Until maybe when you grow up. So that's basically what we teach. So I'm telling you all this to tell you that not everyone out there is teaching the right thing. There are people who have been polluted because they listen to the wrong teaching, because they will come the wrong people. If it's those people who come with magazines coming for them, don't even allow them to. Don't even sit down with them to listen to them because they will teach you some of the wrongest things I've heard. They are wonderful people, but they've got the wrong doctrine. They will confuse you. At this stage where you are as a child, you want to eat everything. One characteristic of a child is that they want to eat everything they find. Sopo, oof. Sangafena ke kutana sopo akamwaiti. Ama coins, oof. Everything. And this is this is the stage where you where, where you are when it comes to spiritual growth. If you are not careful, you can eat everything that you find there. 
This is why we have to feed you consistently on the pure milk of the word of God. Remember the Bible says as newly born babies, you should crave for, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. See that? As newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Pure milk. You know, I've seen people who, today they are in that conference. Tomorrow it's that man of God. The other day it's that prophet. The other time, it's not. You grow by listening to the word of God and the quality of the word of God matters. Are you listening to me? Yes, pastor. Good. So the second thing we see from this scripture, which is very important, is as newborn babies, that tells you that in the spirit, we are at different levels of spiritual growth. You can write that down. We are at different levels of spiritual growth. So that means there are people in the spirit who are, who are who just got born. That's why we call it being born again. You may be 50 years old, but you are still a baby in Christ. So spiritual maturity, by position, by age. But is a person really an elder in the spirit? Let me show you something. The book of First John chapter number 2. I'm going to read from verse 13. Where John begins addressing different age groups in the spirit. Listen to this. First John chapter number 2. I'm going to begin from verse 12. It says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. He's not talking about little children. Little, little children don't sin. <laughs> He's not talking about little children in terms of to baby tunya. You don't accept, expect those people to sin and be punished by God that you What sins have they committed? They are little children. So when he's talking about little children here, he's not talking about little human children. He's talking about children in the spirit. So some of them were 50. Some of them were 25. But they were little children. So... Age group in the spirit. Age group in the spirit is determined. Age group in the spirit is determined by exposure to the word of God. Age group in the spirit is determined by exposure to the word of God. Remember, we are saying that to grow spiritually, you have to be exposed to the word of God. So how much of the word of God you've been exposed to determines your spiritual growth. Hallelujah. So if I've muted everyone, you can be posting your comments in the comment section here on the, in the chat section. So he goes on to say, he says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for your name's sake. Then he says, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have come to know the father. 
I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. So they are fathers, they are adolescents in the faith. He says, I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Wow. You see, so as, you, as, as we begin growing up spiritually, we'll begin reaching different stages. Young men are the ones who the word of God is strong in them and young women and they've overcome the wicked one. You know, sometimes you reach a place in life after you, under, you understand your spiritual growth. You just want to cast out a demon. You just want to rebuke the devil. You just want to do something. <laughs> you just want to do something. Because you realize who you are in Christ. So we are all at different levels of spiritual growth. Don't assume we are at the same level. There are some people who are very young in the faith, but they are big people. They are fathers. This is why you just don't think everyone you meet is your age mate in the spirit. Someone used to say age mate. Anyways, not everyone is your age mate in the spirit. We are at different levels. I may even be younger than you, but see, I could be a father. I am a father to many who are even older than me. Spiritual maturity is not determined by physical age. Write that down. Spiritual maturity is not determined by physical age. So a person can never grow beyond their exposure to the word of God. The moment you stop listening to the word of God and learning, remember that song, read your Bible, pray every day. How many know it? Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. Throw your Bible, forget to pray, forget to pray, forget to pray. Throw your Bible, forget to pray, and you shrink, shrink, shrink. So, basically that. There's truth to that. Hallelujah. Amen. We are basically done with spiritual growth. That's it. A man can never grow beyond his exposure to the word of God. A woman cannot grow beyond his exposure to the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen.